Hi Chris, how are you? Yeah, hi Rod, I'm very well. Here we are then, episode 78 for part of our mini-series for the summer. For the 24th of July 2023 and in the future, it's my birthday. Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Apologies. What a rubbish co-host. <laughs> it's all right. It hasn't really happened yet. But, you know, in, in this virtual land we live in, it's my birthday today. Oh, happy birthday today. Thank you very much for the future. I hope you're um, doing something nice with the family. It's entirely possible I'll be actually in Canada and not sitting in my, in my study in Swansea when the, the actual birthday rolls are in and not the virtual one. But there you go. So, continuing our line of specials, as you said, we don't know what's going to be happening in the news. Maybe all manner of exciting things will happen in beta land. But as we don't know what's going on, we thought we'd try and give you something reasonably topical to listen to and have a think about, really. So, should we dive into this? Yeah, let's get into it. So, our special topic is online advertising in 2023. Yeah, so this is sort of spurred by, as we've sort of taken a step back and look at the landscape of what's been going around us and we've talked extensively on this podcast about twitter and we've talked extensively on this podcast about reddit and all the various things that have happened with that and if you listen to other podcasts and not just ours and i'm sure you do although i bet we feature large in people's lives that that there has been a decline in podcast advertising so if you look at something like accidental tech podcast or upgrade would have no problem two years ago in selling their podcast slots and three years ago maybe more more the pandemic is partially to affect this as well but where they'd have three or four ad spots before they're now down to two or three and often one of those ad spots is the podcast host saying support us on patreon or give us a direct subscription to this because they're not getting the same level of income that they did before so you notice this global change in all things more adverts are being pushed so you get windows saying here's an advert for this for this microsoft product for this that's going on you even get companies like canonical and ubuntu as we've talked about in the podcast advertising in the terminal for their ubuntu one product and agencies such as youtube pushing more adverts into your stream so whereas you might get two ad ad breaks in a youtube thing you might get three or four now so there's more advertising and if you look at the linked article the online ad market itself is in decline and these are just instances where you can see you know, more adverts appearing more frequently for more for different products that aren't paying as well fundamentally for the people that are servicing the adverts. And then you see the other side effects of this is you, you look at web pages and you see more banner ads, you see more articles that would have just had one ad at the top at one point, your, your text being split into seven or eight ads as you go down through it. So even if there's not an awful lot of hard evidence about this other than the article that we've put in the show notes, you can see that the advertising world is changing. Do you think that's fair to say? No, I think it is fair to say. I mean, something like the ATP podcast, it's normally a two-hour show, give or take. They usually have three advertisers in it. They struggled in the pandemic to fill the slots. Then they've had a good run, I think. But whilst they're in the pandemic, that's when they built a model so that you can become a direct member and you get some perks perks for that. And they're, they're trying to build out those perks, I think. So there's more of a reason for people to do it rather than just supporting the host, you actually get something back. But we are seeing it everywhere, I think. Just advertising is obviously an issue. We've had Reddit recently where they've said, well, you know, we need to you know charge our third parties that provide apps because we're not seeing the ad revenue come in from them and we're going to charge them an exorbitant amount of money and then obviously they've just got rid of their third party apps what they should have probably done is gone we're not going to do third party apps anymore that would probably been a cleaner way to have tackled it so it's definitely becoming a really big issue and it is interesting to see how it's unfolding and it seems to be going on for a prolonged time whereas i think sometimes you get blips i guess but it just seems to be yeah 
is, is this going to be last all year? Is it linked to what's happening with all the layoffs that are currently happening in the tech world? Is it just the general markets? I mean, here in the UK, we're seeing interest rates increasing, inflation's going up. Are we going to enter a recession? Feels like it. It's, it's so hard to know how this is all going to play out. I, yeah, there is a general trend going on, isn't there? I don't think there's as much money in advertising for lots of reasons, which is why you're sort of getting that push. And you see it, as you say, in lots of spaces. So we've talked before on this podcast about Netflix, you know, moving to a, a pushing subscriptions harder that if you were a family group and one of your members moves away, then they want you to have a separate subscription to that. And then rolling out an ad-supported part of that, I suspect the ad-supported part of that isn't doing as well as they might hope it was, which is why they're sort of really pushing to make sure everybody is a a subscription to Netflix. The whole chicken and egg thing about the freely available, freely available internet for things like email, YouTube, all these kinds of things, is beginning to change a little bit, that all of them are pushing harder on getting subscriptions, and those subscriptions are getting more expensive. It's not cheap to run, Gmail, I would have thought, with its hundreds of millions of users, without being able to parse your text within your thing, even if it's in only in, in, not in an identifiable way, but the kinds of things you're talking about in your the subjects of your messages, to target you more efficiently for advertisers. And that's, Google is an advertising company. If anybody's going to feel that, it's going to be Google. And we don't need to look very far to Meta, and we'll talk about threads in a minute and what that becomes too, to see exactly the same thing thought happening. If there are less advertisers pushing harder on on more advertising to get the same sort of return, then you've got to have the most eyeballs on your product. And if Twitter's not doing it for you and people have become savvy to it and they just scroll past your banner ad, you've got to work harder and you've got to make, make them click more. And ultimately, you can see the end of this is that Advertising is not maybe the answer for everything, which is why we're seeing the increased rise of subscription services for newspapers, for magazines, for YouTube, for all the sort of things we now consume as part of what we do. No, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I used to get annoyed with the Financial Times because whilst I had a subscription, you'd also get the ads pushed to you. And it's like, well, hang on a minute, I I don't want want both i want to pay for one and not have the other or, or vice versa which is why i liked what atp did if you don't want to pay a subscription to us you'll get adverts and if you do pay the subscription we won't show you the ads that's a, that's a, a perk of joining and i thought that was quite a good compromise i've always been very comfortable listening to podcast ads because i enjoy the podcasts i try not to have too many subscriptions but yeah i do want to support these people because i get a lot of enjoyment out of most of these shows that i listen to but even other networks like relay fm they they've done the same thing they've had a membership tier they i think they brought that in in largely they pushed on it in in the pandemic era because advertising fell off a cliff and then that's when you worry is your business going to make it through but you are right we are seeing a lot more things where it is subscription rather than ad revenue driving it i think it is interesting like with netflix as you say they've they've tried to push this ad tier out but i wonder if they're a getting the adverts and b getting the eyeballs on the adverts you know it's which which one's there and maybe neither are there and therefore you're you're right i think they're reverting back to well let's just push on subscriptions because that's a guaranteed income that we know will work it's really difficult because if you look at something like youtube which is the ultimate chicken and egg as far as i'm concerned you need all the advertising to be able to run the service once you have a service that can pay content creators like marquez and other people we've talked about who make fantastic content you know on that platform i don't think anything any other of the open platforms 
would ever have a model like that. They make a living and make an awful lot of money out of it. Linus, Linus Tech Tips, for example, puts out something like 100 videos a week across that various product, you know, Mac videos, Linux videos, Windows videos, product videos, all that kind of stuff. They employ hundreds of people to do that. And they make good quality content, as does Marquez. But that model requires hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people to view those videos and their eyeballs to be, you know, to see all the advertising that they'll take ad breaks for. And I suspect a very small percentage of those people pay for YouTube premium and an even smaller percentage of those people support those people directly through the YouTube embedded links that let you do that. And you think if advertising stopped supporting that, those content creators wouldn't have the money. They would make less videos of less quality and the resource declines as a consequence too. So it's quite a complicated circle of advertising to content to you know funding individual people to people making a living out of it to to going back to the advertisers for people you know being driven to the site so if the value starts to drop out of the advertising star of that we start to lose sort of fundamental parts of what we what we consider to be fundamental parts of the internet really quite quickly i think yeah interesting youtube we haven't really discussed i don't i'm not a big youtube consumer but when i do I've still seen all the adverts I've ever seen. I don't, it doesn't feel like they're having a problem. And maybe that's where people are spending their money. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. These days I get YouTube premium, so I don't see them uh, okay. quite so much anymore either. But I, before that happened, which isn't that long ago, it's about six months, I had the sense there were, be, there were more adverts on YouTube than there had been previously. Which would make sense if you're at YouTube, go, well, why don't we show more adverts and drive up our subscription revenue but i guess they've got to walk a fine line because they don't want to annoy all their advertisers by having too many people move to subscriptions because you still need enough eyeballs i guess on the adverts to make them attractive to people but even with that the the content creators themselves can still go out and find their ad advertising deals you know you might have marquez as a good example who features dbrand products quite a lot within his, his segments that's money directly to him. That's not specifically money to YouTube, I would have thought. So, that you know, there's advertising money all across that. Google, Alphabet, sorry, Alphabet aren't necessarily making money on the fact that Marquez is doing stuff with dbrand in there, but the fact that he has 100,000 subscribers the second he posted a video that will see all the other embedded advertising they put within there is an entirely different thing. So I just think Alphabet as an advertising company are also struggling if you're seeing that increased incidence of embedded ads within this content that's being served. Yeah, I would imagine they are, which is probably why they're having the layoffs that they've had. And I wonder if we've reached the end of layoffs yet. It doesn't feel like we have. I, I don't think we have. In some ways, I think we're at the beginning of this. We've had it quite good for quite long. And I, I say quite good with all the reservations around, yeah, and I know they were watching our browsing activity and they were profiling us and they were doing all this kind of stuff. But you got quite a lot of good, in, in scare quotes, free content as a consequence of that. Something a product like Gmail was really quite transformative in its time. That you know they were able to release something that wasn't Google Search because let's face it, it was really the first big product after Google Search. That was actually it really it was sticky. It stuck with people. Having a Gmail address in the early days was a big deal. You know you got into that early. You were a cool, understood tech type person if you if you had that without really appreciating what went into that and all the advertising that was behind it and how much money Google must have been making out of you to run the servers required for a service of that magnitude. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I think for Google to turn out with a better product and allow 
I know it's an invite only, but allow people to have it for free in essence. And I know we, you, when something's free, you are paying for it, but in a different way. It was fantastic. I do wonder whether you're right though, whether the free stuff is going away and by free, I mean advertised stuff and people will move more to subscriptions. It's interesting, like even Channel 4 do it in the UK where you can pay about £40 a year to have no adverts when you watch a show, which I really enjoy. I'm amazed I've not done it actually for YouTube for my children because it'll probably save them collective hours per day. I, yeah, I'm finding it really interesting. It, it's curious though, because advertising surely isn't going to disappear but maybe it's just going to take a new guise and be a lot smaller than what it once was. And subscriptions, maybe they're going to be more on a 50-50 par with advertising. Maybe that, that's the end game. But it's really difficult, isn't it? And I think now's the time to talk about Twitter. But Twitter also was able to exist because of advertising and very rarely made any money. And actually, we can throw Reddit in this bucket as well. And that interview with Spez was the username, Huffman, the, the CEO of Reddit, who's been sort of quite adamant about charging for APIs and all the rest of it obviously weren't making enough money out of advertising. Both Reddit and Twitter serve ads in the in the main client's timeline, and you could pay for the API or pay for a client that would remove those ads from those things. And we've talked about it on this show that you didn't understand how they could get away with that. If they're, a, if they're an advertising-based thing, then you got to get the ads in front of people's eyeballs to get on with it. I have developed a way of reading a web page or, or scrolling a feed and not seeing the ads largely, and I'm sure everybody else in the world has too. How often do you actually click on a banner ad or an embedded ad in a the service? They are a waste of time for me. I barely look at any adverts. You just, I don't know, I think we've, we've been on the internet for 20, 30 years. You just scroll past them. But, but even more so, and th- this is where I think things will start to break. If, let's pick a service, TikTok, you know, forced people to start going subscription. I don't think I don't think the content on TikTok is worth paying for. So why why would I? If they start charging two quid a month, I don't think I'd pay for it. And I am not the target audience. My children are, and actually, very soon my children's children will be. And I don't think any of those people are prepared to pay for any of their services. They expect everything free, and the second they got to pay for it, they'll go. It's not worth it, and they'll stop using it. And that's going to be the death of services. Yeah, I think you might be right here. I can't comment on TikTok. I've barely seen it. I think, to be fair, it's just not something I'm aware of. It's a tricky one, isn't it? How companies are going to survive? Maybe if you're setting up a new company today, surprised maybe Threads haven't done this yet. Maybe they haven't worked out their advertising model or their revenue generation. But could you see something like Threads, for example, you can either pay us a subscription and not have ads, or you get ads and that's the end of. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. I, I just I think Reds have been really clever here because, we, and we touched on this in the last episode, that they have seen a market opportunity where Twitter is imploding and it is trying the subscription model with its blue verification check mark thing that they want their whatever it is, four ninety nine, ten quid a month. I don't even know what it is because I don't care about Twitter anymore. That isn't going well. Only the trolliest of trolls are actually paying for their for their blue check mark anyway. As you have less users on a, on a service, the advertisers don't want to be there, and particularly with the trolleys to trolls, as we've talked about before. You know, Twitter is becoming a problem if you're an advertiser. I'm surprised Apple you know, went back and, and made the first episode of, what was it, Silo available? There's got Twitter. to be some horrible commercial deal in that. Yeah, but but you can feel the, ba- the brands flooding away from Twitter in droves, that it's just not a stable place for them. Instagram also served ads. Meta have a a proven track record of being able to do that kind of stuff. It's quite an easy jump to get your brand, unless you're Daring Fireball. I saw Gruber asking for, can I have Daring Fireball, please, Threads, you know, to moved over to to Threads there. So if you're Coca-Cola or something like that, it's a safe bet to move over there, away from the the trolley brand. You know, 
where you're going to get eyeballs at least in the free product. And I think if enough people leave that and Instagram, I think, I think Meta make money on their advertising. They're not like Twitter and Reddit. You know, they have made money on what they've done up to this point. They've got a fair chance of actually keeping this free in inverted commas, you know, with people quite happy to follow the Coca-Cola brand or follow the Barbie brand or whatever it is that's on there. If the celebrities are there, the brands are there and they get enough value proposition, they won't mind having the odd advert in their timeline and they'll, you know, they'll take a picture of their food and they'll see the next advert in their timeline on their Instagram feed too. So I think it's been really clever of Meta to launch this when they did. We'll see how sticky it is, but their, their timing has been perfect. Oh, I completely agree. They've, they've smashed the timing. And by not having ads on day one, they've probably smashed that too because mm. you can you want to get critical mass before you degrade the experience. Yeah. I wonder, you know, slightly getting away from advertising, I wonder if they have got the chance to become the next version of Twitter. And I, I quite like this sort of allegory. I can't think of the correct word for it right now, whereas Twitter was the world's town square. You could come out and you'd hear what was going on, you'd, you'd take the pulse. Most town squares are pretty nasty these days. That's fair. <laughs> you know? So I, I, I would hope that it's something else, maybe a market or something, a bit more honest about what it is, but it's meta, so it won't be. But... there has to be something like this there has to be some sort of model where we can drop in and get these kind of things because we've become so used to it with the large media organization unit trusted journalists using it whatever it is and i would like it to be mastodon i'm realistic enough to realize that i don't think it will be mastodon but i think there is a chance for for meta to to get maybe if they get the activity pub piece right with the right level of advertising if you're inside of meta's thing or no advertising at all if you're on the mastodon side of the fence that all of us can participate in this in a way that makes us comfortable without selling our souls, really. I'd like to see that. Yeah, it's that balance, isn't it? People and companies need need income to survive and we need to reach the right balance so that these things can exist. Hopefully not be too greedy, but equally pay their staff the right salaries for what they're doing and do it in a non, non-invasive way I'm going to go with and you know don't be evil was always google's mantra sadly meta never got that yeah i think we're going to accept meta are going to be evil but google turned out to be evil and you know our our favorite word of the moment and shitification happens to all platforms and we see it happening with apple you know i'm not i'm not i'm not going to make any excuses for them that they need to watch themselves because they are also as we hear stories of them becoming a bank and serving ads inside of the app store and beginning thoughts about serving ads else ads elsewhere in the operating system like when you go into system settings and it's trying to upsell you on, you know, buy your warranty for your phone now or you've got to take out, you know, you should really think about taking out iCloud and all the rest of it. They're they're on the verge of at least a relevant product at this point, but you could see fairly a, a time fairly soon where you logged into your Apple TV and it's like, you need to do Fitness Plus, you know, take out an extra subscription for X, Y, and Z. These things have got to be coming. And all of this around advertising is a potential danger for a company like Apple who have got this growing services revenue. They just need to be careful about where that's coming from. I mean, they gave up on their iAds platform not that long ago. Maybe that was timely. Yeah, maybe. But I think what you're saying is, though, no one company has demonstrated the 100% the right way of doing it. I think Apple possibly slightly better the way they are trying to do it, but they're still not, they're still not squeaky clean, I guess is the right word I'm going for. 
No, and this is the hard bit for, I think, people like us that have been on, well, certainly like me, that's been on the internet since the start. You're a little bit younger than me, Chris, so you know, you, but you were there, there close enough that we remember a time when the internet was a free place. And it wasn't all perfect back then. There were various, you know, nasty websites. There was some very rubbish design. Not The brands weren't there yet. It wasn't all, all a thing. And I think advertising and big media helped that to a certain extent. But we've probably gone a little too far into the capitalist dream at this point, where almost everything is supported by that. And a little more balance back to, as you said a minute ago, I'm quite happy to pay for the creators, the brands, the products on a monthly basis. You know, I'll put my hand in my pocket and I'll do that for various things. I've talked about various apps, for example, on this podcast that I'm happy to pay for monthly, like Flighty, that deserve my money, frankly, because they make a good product that does something I'm happy with that, that will come out. I would do the same for a creator like Marquez. I think he puts out content that's interesting, that I want to see. That's all. But if it's just me, and it's not supported by advertising, he's not going to be able to make a living out of this, and he's going to have to go and do something else. And that would be a shame if we'd lose those kind of creators. But I think what's more likely to happen is the very successful ones will get that money, but the sort of quirky little interesting ones on a couple of hundred, couple of thousand subscribers will go away and have to go back to their day jobs. Yeah, I agree with you that. That is a potential problem, isn't it? It's, it's not the big ones, it's the ones in the middle that would get squeezed. Yeah. So it's an interesting time, I think, for the internet. It's a, it's a time of risk and our products and what we've, the way we've come used to using things. The, the magic dollar isn't going to be there forevermore. I don't see advertising coming back in the way that it was because the consumers have become used to it. You know, they are throwing more ads at us. We continue to ignore them and they're not going to be getting that click-through that they used to get because we don't see it anymore. And that was always going to be the way. We've got situational blindness. We all install ad blockers now. We do all these kinds of things to stop us seeing advertising. And we've got used to it. So I, 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 another paradigm needs to come along, really. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. And I think the browsers and whatever and operating systems are getting clever and trying to, you know, it's like playing whack-a-mole, isn't it? They're trying to stop, stop all the clever hooks that the advertisers are using, all the platforms that allow advertising are using to, to track us and to know too much about us. Yeah, but then with threads, you've just given them access to absolutely everything on your phone anyway, so maybe that's the way forward. I've tried threads. It's not stopping. <laughs> it's, it's, oh. For me, it's not It's not going to stay. I think I was quite happy. Just I've quite enjoyed just having Mastodon. I think the only thing I've missed is just having stuff outside the tech sphere on Mastodon. Like, for me, Formula One, bit of new stuff. But then I can get that from other places, so I've just got used to it. I wonder if you looked, so for MotoGP there's a couple of accounts have created sort of mirrors of what's going on on Twitter. And the second they post on Twitter, it just gets sl slotted into Mastodon for you. And I suspect there's got to be something similar in Formula 1. Yeah, I did look a while ago. There wasn't, but maybe it was too new. A couple of months later, that might have moved on. It might have moved on. Have we got anything else to say about the health stew that is advertising or have we co covered it completely enough? No, I think we've covered it. it. It's just one of those things. I think it's going to evolve this year as the economic climate evolves. And I think something we can report back on towards the end, maybe the end of the year and see has it improved, has it gone one way or the other? Are people still going to struggle to get adverts to, like you say, to do what they want? You know, are we going to hear about people going, I can't be a full-time podcaster anymore, I can't pay the bills, or will they find other ways to get through? I wonder actually whether creators, like we're seeing with ATP and other shows, start doing more membership content to make it more appealing to be a member and to support them directly. Yeah, I wonder, of all the podcasts I listened to, there would have been a time I would have subscribed to ATP, but podcasts have, he said as a podcaster, 
a bit of fashion around them. I think you can you can, you can go off people for want of a better word, or you can go off services. And and some have been sticky. It's it's funny. The first podcast I remember listening to that kept me sane. And let's face it, this was a feature of the of the iPod and the, the early iPhone as well. Was Twit. So this week in tech with Leo Laporte and and all that stuff, which still exists. You know, he still runs a podcast network out of Petaluma in California. And I haven't listened to any of those shows in such a long time, but some of the hosts of those shows and the people I heard on are still people I listen to to this day. Andy and Atko and John Syracuse and people like that are still around. So the people I like, I'm sort of following into other podcasts, but it, hopefully, and Leo still has that, that, that business there, what he built still has enough of a core of followers that he's kept going. And you kind of, I kind of hope I'd see something similar, even without the advertising, that they, the good ones would find a way to keep going. Yeah, it's like they say, isn't it? Most people need a thousand true fans to keep doing what they do. I think I think that's the right number. And it is interesting. You, you'll follow the people, not necessarily the show. And so I think if people we listen to today moved on to do a different show, you, you'd still follow them because you enjoy it. You listen for them and their content, whether it be the same in a new world or maybe it's the co-hosts. And like we're talking, maybe it was the trio that made it work, not just any one one person. So I don't disagree, but I think we are we are going into unprecedented times. So it'll be good to hopefully see how all our favourite podcasts make it through and hopefully be stronger for it. And I think what a lot of them are trying to do is reach a point where they can be, I guess, not so reliant on ads because it's out of their control and be more in control of their direct income, I guess. That's not necessarily a bad thing. And as we said a minute ago, I think both of us had put our hands in our pockets. And, and as would others, if, if we like that particular show or service or, or YouTuber or whatever they become in the future enough. So, yeah, it's not all doom and gloom, is it? No, not at all. And obviously merch is one way as well that people have been branching out for years doing that. And I think we see more of that. I just wish most of the merch could be shipped from the UK or European hub because it gets expensive when you order stuff from America. Well, if people have an interest in us doing some merch, then get in touch a few times and we'll know we'll have a few more listeners out there and we'll do our own. There is that. There is that. There is that. I'm going to ask you a question on follow-up, Chris, that we haven't asked at the, at the start of these little trios. How's your camera going with your Apple TV? Oh, I haven't tried it again since. I was waiting for some more betas to come out because it wasn't working. So I need to report back on that probably when the next beta comes out, beta 4, I think, is what I'm going to be looking to try that out with because it just, for me, it wasn't working at all. Well, I will be back from North America around then, I would have thought, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, let's give it a go back then. Good stuff. I think we can call that a show. Yeah, champion. Thank you, Rod. That was good. If everyone wants to get into contact with us, Rod is at g5maniac at mastodon.scott. I'm at cjp and at mastodon.social. And you can email us at wakefromsleep at protonmail. Talk to you next week, Chris. Cheers, Rod. <laughs>